Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very respected career diplomat, a good friend, and a golfing buddy, Ambassador R. Vishwanathan. Wish, welcome to the show. Thank you. Ambassador Vishwanathan is a retired Indian diplomat. He's a writer and speaker specializing in Latin America, American politics, markets, and culture. And as he was telling me just now, he's speaking to us from his little village in Tamil Nadu, where he was born, though he lives in Gurgaon, where I live as well. So Wish, before we talk Latin America, tell me about your own amazing journey and what led you to the Indian Foreign Service? Well, I call this uh, journey uh, from Malgudi to Makondo. Okay. Malgudi, you know, is the fictional town in the novels of R.K. Narayan. Correct. The characters are simple village and the small town folk, mm. or simple, innocent, uh, pious. Mm. Uh, and Malgudi is similar to Lalgudi, the nearest town for me, 15 kilometers from here. Mm-hmm. Makondo is the fictional town in the novels of Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Okay. Uh, uh, I had done this journey in three phases. Mm-hmm. Uh, intellectually, emotionally, culturally, and linguistically. This mm-hmm. journey from Malgudi to Makondo. Okay. The first phase, uh, till I joined the foreign service, I call it as the uh, era of innocence. Mm-hmm. Malgudi innocence. Mm. And the second phase, when I became a diplomat, I lost my innocence. And I had acquired diplomatic skills to understand and deal with the world. Mm. And then, after reading Gabriel Garcia Marquez, I embraced magical realism Mm -hmm. and became passionate about Latin America. Wow. So these are the three phases. Mm-hmm. And I said linguistically also, because, you know, my first phase, the age of innocence, mm-hmm. was all in Tamil. My mm-hmm. inspiration, uh, my shaping up was done by Tamil books. Actually, mm-hmm. it was the books which which uh, 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 helped me, took me, shaped me, and moved me uh, uh, to my destiny from one to the other. So initially, in the first phase, I was into Tamil literature. In fact, I wanted to become a poet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they said there was no great career, so I studied chemistry. And, and then I and I joined the foreign service. Then I took to English to understand the world. I read English books and to acquire diplomatic skills and so on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I was in New York, I read this book called Love at the Time of Cholera mm-hmm. in Barnes and Nobles. Mm-hmm. I was curious, what, what kind of title is this? Mm-hmm. Love and Cholera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I read that, I fell in love with that. And then I read 100 Years of Solitude and I read every book of Gabriel Marquez mm-hmm. plus a lot of Latin American writers, Maria Vargas, Josa Isabel, Allende, Carlos Fuentes, Octavio Paz and so on. Mm. And that took me to Latin America. So mm-hmm. this is my journey from Malgudi to Macondo. Amazing. I retired from the service in 2012, mm-hmm. but I still continue my passion 
mm. of uh, writing about Latin America, speaking about Latin America, mm. promoting India and Latin America relations. Mm. Uh, so this has been a passion which keeps me going and it's also fun. I enjoy it. Absolutely. So, you know, Vish, uh, you spoke about Malgudi to Mapusa, Maputa, if, if I got the name oh, right. No. Hmm. Uh, but given the fact that coming from Tamil Nadu, growing up in India, going to the US and then choosing to spend so much time in Latin America, what were your initial impressions of Latin American politics? and culture when you arrived in the region. Because as a diplomat, politics is something which you handle extremely well everywhere in the world. As you, we in India, because of English education, we know a lot about United States, English-speaking countries, and Europe, and so on. Hmm. Latin America, there's not much knowledge. Okay. Uh, and in fact, there is a kind of, uh, uh, we are fed by the Western media, which give us a biased and agenda-driven image of Latin America. That is why when I uh, started discovering and exploring Latin America, it was something new. Hmm. And then I started telling Indian uh, uh, policymakers, uh, uh, chambers of commerce, businessmen, uh, uh, saying that we should look at India from an Indian perspective. Mm -hmm. That's what I have been doing mm -hmm. from 1996 onwards, looking at Latin American politics, looking at their business, culture, literature. I tell our people that we should uh, look at uh, uh, Latin America from our perspective. For example, once uh, uh, you know, in 1999, Brazil devalued its currency. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a uh, big news in Wall Street Journal and CNN. Mm -hmm. I sent out a newsletter to Indian businessmen. Hey, guys, Brazil is in crisis, but this is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because when the Latin Americans have a lot of money, they go to Miami, they go to Frankfurt, they go to Tokyo, they go to mm -hmm. New York. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't look at India. Yeah. But now when they are in crisis, they have less money, they want affordable products. So if you come, you'll give you you'll get a meeting. Hmm. You throw the seats now. You may not get immediate business, but they will remember. Hmm. And they are emotional people like us. Hmm. And then we have another advantage. You see, the Germans and the Japanese, when they come to you know, uh, uh, or the Swiss when they come to Latin America, they get confused because it's a chaotic place. Right. All kinds of chaos. Hmm. But I tell the Indians, hey guys, you live in a system which is more complicated, more complex, more hmm. chaotic. Hmm. Since you have survived and are flourishing in India, it's very easy for you. It's a piece of hmm. cake, Latin America. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well said. And you know, when you moved to Latin America, what were some of the more interesting or challenging aspects of navigating diplomacy? I wouldn't say challenging. You know, I, I was in a process of discovery and exploration. It was exciting all the way. Hmm. But firstly, the most interesting thing is the people. The people hmm. are nice, warm, friendly, hmm. and get along very well with the Indians. They're emotional. they they have the same kind of strengths and weaknesses like uh, we have. Mm -hmm. uh, and since I spoke their language, it opened more doors. And I uh, I met all kinds of people in uh, uh, in golf courses mm -hmm. besides the, uh, in the embassies. So that opened even more doors. Uh, that was what I, I uh, 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 you know, uh, enabled me to understand Latin America better, mm -hmm. gain their confidence and trust. 
and understand them and then encourage them to look at India mm. and uh, help the Indians to uh, uh, facilitate the Indian interaction with uh, Latin America. Mm. And I, I like their uh, attitude. You know, mm. they have a balance in life. Whereas Indians work is worship and, you know, we sacrifice everything and we save. But the Latin Americans, they have a balance in life, mm. uh, which is best expressed in a pop song by an Argentine uh, singer called Axel. Mm -hmm. The song goes like this. Celebra la vida, segundo a segundo, nave se guarda, todo se brinda. It means celebrate life mm. from second to second. Mm. Don't hold anything. Give out everything. Mm. See, the Latin Americans don't just live their amazing life. Set of words. celebrate their life. Mm. Mm. How amazing. So now let, let's talk a little bit about India and Latin American countries. You mentioned about the devaluation in Brazil, but over the last two decades, what are some of the key areas of cooperation you see between India and the countries in Latin America? Well, um, people in India assume that Latin America is too far, the cost of right is high, mm -hmm. so it should not be that important as our neighbors and traditional trading partners. So let me give you some statistics. Mm -hmm. Last year, we exported $273 million to Honduras. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is more than our exports to neighboring Cambodia, which is $280 million. Yeah. Hmm? Mm. Cambodia is just across and it's in our cultural neighborhood. Mm. Honduras is a remote place and you had to do two, two transshipments. Mm. Last year, we exported $465 million to Guatemala, mm. which is more than our export of $430 million to Kazakhstan. Amazing. Our exports to uh, Brazil last year was $9.9 billion, mm. which is more than our exports to Japan, France, Thailand, Nepal, or uh, Sri Lanka. Our export of $5.2 billion to Mexico last year is mm. more than our exports to Russia or Canada. Mm. And it is it's not only a quantity, but it's all the quality. Mm. Uh, like, for example, one of the top items of our exports are vehicles, uh, mm. motorcycles and cars. Mm. Uh, last year, we exported about a billion dollars worth of motorcycles, uh, which is one third of the global exports of India. Wow. And uh, the number one destination for India's motorcycle uh, cycle exports is Colombia. Mm. It was $308 million. And last year, we exported about $2.2 billion of uh, cars global uh, to Latin America, which is again one third of our total exports, mm. uh, global exports. And Mexico is the number two destination. No, despite the fact that Mexico itself is a big mm. exporter mm. to mm. North America, mm. uh, Mexico is the number two uh, destination for uh, India. Mm. We exported $1.5 billion of uh, pharmaceuticals and uh, $3.5 billion of chemicals. Uh, so, uh, so we did $22.5 billion last year. Mm. And this can go up to about $50 billion the next five, six years or so. Amazing. Mm. And then, on the other hand, Latin America contributes to India's energy and food security. 50% mm -hmm. um, of our imports of uh, uh, $24.5 billion mm. is uh, crude oil. Mm -hmm import from uh, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, Mexico, and Venezuela. It used mm -hmm. to be even more. 2013-14, mm -hmm. 
uh, 10 to 15% of our global imports of crude oil used to come from Latin America, but now mm. because of the American sanctions has come down. Yeah. Uh, Latin America has a lot of surplus oil and they can easily export about 4 to 5 mm. million barrels per day. Mm. And, uh, so we can get it as long as we want. Mm. Secondly, when you talk about even uh, renewable energy, uh, there is a lithium triangle of uh, Argentina, Chile and Bolivia. Mm contains uh, over 50% of the global resource of lithium. Mm -hmm. I just uh, started exploring. Mm -hmm. uh, then they got cobalt, nickel, and all the other minerals you need for right. your electrification of right. uh, and so on. So right. you can suppose. Food security, I'm saying, because we have been, last time we imported about $5 billion of edible oil, mm -hmm. mainly from Argentina soy oil, and also from Brazil and uh, mm -hmm. Paraguay. Now, this is, uh, we have perpetual shortage. We always import. And we are over-dependent upon Malaysia and Indonesia for palm right. oil, which is uh, less healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, 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 South America is going to be a, a long-term supplier of edible oil. Mm -hmm. And then we have started sourcing pulses now. India has, again, perpetual shortage of pulses. We import from Canada, Myanmar, Turkey, Australia. And all. Mm -hmm. Now we are sourcing from there. And we also get fresh fruits. We get apples and pears from Chile, Peru, and Argentina. Mm -hmm. They don't compete with your Kashmir apples because they come during our off-season because mm -hmm. they are in the other hemisphere. Yeah. So it's perfect complementarity. Absolutely. Whereas in India, they have a long-term problem that... Every year, we lose hundreds of thousands of agricultural land to urbanization, commercialization, industrialization. Mm. And water table is going down in Punjab and Tamil Nadu. Correct. But South America can easily bring in another 40 million hectares of land. And mm. they've got a lot of fresh water. And they have technologies. And they do large-scale commercial farming. It is an agricultural powerhouse. Mm. So in the long term, you know, they, they can contribute to India's energy security. Mm. And also we import copper. We get, uh, we started importing raw gold from there, uh, plus other minerals. These are all for our uh, make in India. Mm. So that is perfect. Fascinating. Fascinating. Thank you. I mean, what a great response. And I'm sure there are so many people who are in different companies will listen to this incredible data you have given and look at the countries in Latin America with different eyes. But moving on, how does the colonial history of Latin America continue to influence its politics and international affairs? Uh, they're, they're, no, in, in, in our case, uh, the British left. Yeah giving independence. In their case, they settled down there. Mm. Uh, so people ask what the difference between North America and South America. Mm. North America is prosperous and successful, but South mm. America is what it is. Mm. Uh, uh, there is a way of explanation. They mm. say that people who went to North America, they were rebels and reformers. Mm -hmm. uh, they wanted to start a new life. Mm. They who went to South America, the Spanish mm. and the Portuguese, mm. they were status quo people. They wanted to establish a new Spain and new Portugal with the same feudal system and mm. Uh, mm. their beliefs. Uh, uh, the, uh, it, it's, they allowed mostly royalists and Catholics mm -hmm. in, in South America. Mm. Uh, the people who went to North America, they went with their flaws and with their uh, 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 tools. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, agriculture industry. 
the uh, people who went to south america they went with their cross and the sword mm. Mm. Mm? Mm. Uh, mm. because spain had just emerged from uh, the moor occupation yes. the colonialism of moors mm. so uh, you know they were very religious were fanatics right mm? right and the people who went to uh, north america they mm. went with their families settled Hmm. but here the guys who went to south america were bachelors mm -hmm. so they had a free for all mm. <laughs> and the philosophy of the north america was customer is king hmm. take the best product at uh, uh, good prices right but in south america the king was the customer <laughs> okay the spanish king he right. said you do whatever you like uh, <laughs> you do agriculture trading leather industries hmm. but give 20% to the crown hmm. <laughs> Hmm. So, uh, that is one way of explaining why South America uh, is what it is. Amazing. Uh, you know, given the time, I'm trying to cover as many topics as possible for, you know, as an overview, and then maybe some other time I'll ask you, go in more in depth. But the other, uh, one more question I wanted to ask you was on tourism. You know, Indians are now traveling all over the world. But for some reason... Latin American countries don't seem to be on the map too much. Why do you think this is happening and what can be done to increase people-to-people -people exchange? Um, there's no direct flight connection. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, 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 the uh, 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 flight charges are more expensive. Mm -hmm. But again, it, it speaks for the, uh, uh, the narrow outlook of the airlines of India. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to Jet Airways and Air India saying that they should have a flight uh, through Johannesburg or through Addis Ababa uh, to uh, 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 Latin America. Mm. But but they didn't care. But you know, the airline which is uh, making money on both sides is uh, Emirates. Uh, not only Emirates, Ethiopian Airlines. Ah, I travel okay. by Ethiopian Airlines. Mm. Huh? From Buenos Aires, Sao Paulo, they bring people to uh, uh, Addis Africa. Ababa. Yeah, and that is Ababa to India. It's fantastic. Mm. The Indians, you know, we have a mindset as <laughs> part of it. But uh, leaving aside that, but people have started going to Latin America mm. because they have Indians who have started uh, traveling around the world. They exhausted, uh, saturated yeah. with Europe and the United States and mm. so on. Mm. So now there are a lot of people going to Machu Picchu, to Patagonia. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, to Brazil and mm. Amazon. And so it's, it's increasing. It's increasing. Absolutely. The other perspective, and, you know, I've traveled to some, some of the countries in Latin America, and we had an aborted trip to Brazil and Argentina at the start of the pandemic. But the general impression amongst the common Indian is that a lot of these countries are politically unstable. You know, you hear something about Argentina, you hear about Venezuela. Uh, what are your perspectives on this? Uh, but again, this is all exaggerated. Absolutely. Latin America has evolved like this. Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time, the, uh, the uh, countries were ruled by what's called as caudillos. Mm -hmm. In Spanish, caudillos means strong men, military mm -hmm. or civilian strong men. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then we had military dictatorships. Uh, but in 1980s, uh, the military went back to the barracks and democracy was reborn. And 80s and 90s was the transition period. Mm. From 2000 onwards, uh, the region is, uh, is democratic. 
the military has gone irreversibly to barracks. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's, uh, you don't have military, military dictatorship in any of the 19 countries in Latin America. Mm -hmm. But you have in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, 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 and its democracy is now very strongly rooted in Latin America. It's become yeah. stable and stronger. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have authoritarianism. Yeah, uh, you know, like in Cuba, uh, you have Nicaragua, you mm -hmm. have Venezuela, uh, and then you had Bolsonaro and uh, Javier Mele. Mm -hmm. They are kind of auto autocratic. Uh, but uh, except Cuba uh, and Venezuela and to some extent Nicaragua, all mm. other countries go through regular elections. Mm. So democracy is here uh, to stay. Mm. And the economies also. In the olden days, you had these triple curses, you know, yeah. high inflation. Even uh, Venezuela has 130,000% inflation mm. in uh, 2018. Yeah. Those days, the Venezuelans uh, had a joke that one can never say accurately the Venezuelan inflation or Indian population. <laughs> By the time you finish the sentence, both would have gone up. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said. So, but now it has come down. It's in the in the last two decades, the average inflation of the region remains in single digit. Hmm. In 2020, uh, last year it has come down to 5.3%. Hmm. Of course, the exceptions. You are Argentina. 140%, Venezuela 300%, and Cuba 30%. But all the other countries, they are in single digit. Amazing. So time for two more questions for you. The next question is, you know, I had an opportunity to speak to President Vicente Fox, and I asked him the question, why is Mexico not exporting to India? And he said, you know, the problem is that we have such a big market in North America, in USA, that our businessmen don't seem to have the time or the inclination. As the Indian ambassador to so many different countries in Latin America, what are your perspectives? Well, uh, Mexico has uh, progressed uh, beyond recent Fox. Mm -hmm. Today, the largest bread maker in India mm -hmm. is a Mexican company called Grupo Bimbo. Okay. The largest bread maker. They bought, mm -hmm. acquired modern bread. Mm -hmm. And they are going to make ready-made chapati and roti and so on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the uh, third largest owner of multiplexes in India is a Mexican company called Cinepolis. Yeah. They own over 300 multiplexes across India. Mm. They are third right now in ranking and they are likely to move to number two. Mm. Mm? Mm -hmm. And uh, 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 so the Mexicans have started investing in India mm. and uh, they, they are exploring opportunities. Okay. Okay. Mm. Mm. okay. And my last question to you, Wish, uh, and this comes back to you personally, as you look back at your own life and your career, what would you say have been some of your most memorable experiences in Latin America? Well, I had lots of experiences. One, ex I can tell you an example. You know, once in when I was in posted as consul general in Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. I had visited uh, a school run by a kind of Gandhian foundation mm -hmm. called the Casa de Pandavas. It's kind of orphanage come school mm -hmm. run by a Gandhian called Lia Diskin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went and visited and talked to the kids and uh, then came back. Next week, I got a letter from a girl, 11-year-old girl from that school called Melia. Mm -hmm. 
he sends me a letter in Portuguese saying that, uh, Senor Consul, I uh, did not attend school the day you visited. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's my loss. Huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I have interest in India. Mm. You know, I, 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 I imagine Himalayas and mm. India, Slender Wisdom and Yoga and mm. so on. For mm -hmm. an 11-year-old girl, Amazing. it was too much of vocabulary and yeah. thinking. So I sent her a reply saying that, you know, I'm curious. Oh. <laughs> we should meet. Come over. She came. Mm -hmm. And and she started talking. And she had a lot of imagination. Oh, okay. But she was ahead of her age. Mm -hmm. And then we kept, uh, uh, you know, exchanging letters mm -hmm. uh, in Portuguese. And uh, then uh, we celebrated Gandhi Jayanti. Mm -hmm. We had a, a delegation of MPs from India. Mm -hmm. And we had got that uh, Gandhi's autobiography translated in modern Portuguese mm -hmm. with five translators uh, put together and we launched it. And uh, uh, the I told the M uh, head of the Indian MPs delegation, mm -hmm. we are going to give this first copy to this girl called Melian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, so I called her mm -hmm. and, and the, uh, this gentleman uh, gave her the book mm -hmm. and then I read out the excerpts from our letters exchange between me and Melia. How wonderful. How wonderful. <laughs> huh? And then she sends, a, uh, uh, when I left for Sao Paulo, she sends me a farewell letter saying that uh, you are going. Uh, so I'm going to give you a book of poems. Mm -hmm. She sent her, she made a little notebook by herself about mm -hmm. 10 pages. Huh? And it's called Varela. It mm -hmm. means cloth line. Mm -hmm. Where you hang clothes to dry. Mm -hmm. huh? mm -hmm. And she says, Melian, autora e illustradora. Mm -hmm. It means author and illustrator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she mm -hmm. wrote about seven, eight poems mm -hmm. and illustrated with her design. Oh, most remarkable experience I had. <laughs> what an amazing experience. I hope you will write about these in, in your memoirs one of these days. But uh, wish uh, on that note, I'm sorry we've run out of time. I'd love to keep talking. I'm going to carry on my conversation with you on the golf course. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey. I love the three stages that you spoke to me about. And I love the way you spoke about innocence and the move, moving away from innocence and becoming a diplomat. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of your experiences in Latin America. I was very, very excited to hear from you about the numbers, the way you were rattling off numbers about how so many countries in Latin America, our exports are bigger than a lot of our neighboring countries. And I'm sure a lot of people will start to look at some of these numbers. Thank you also for speaking to me about tourism, about the potential of Indians to travel into those areas. And finally, thank you for this amazing story that you gave me about of little Maria. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.